by special request from Megamix.com Jr. That's Jamie's son, everybody. We're going to do Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. You all know this one. Let's talk about it. Hello, friends. I'm Pearl Jamie C, a.k.a. Megamix.com. So I'm here with my co-host, Alan in Chains. Fucking weak. A.k.a. Slim. What's up, you flannel-wearing, reluctant rock star? Jesus. Oh, so introspective. It's amazing. Pearl Jamie That was great. Come on, Alan in Chains? Uh-huh. It doesn't get much better than that. I got a big pop for that from my my family, but not not the Pearl Jam one, but the, the Alan and James. Well done. They, well done. Yeah. Uh, it's episode 72 of the Super Hits podcast, or at least I think it is. Yeah, I think so too. Something like if that. If not, I apologize. Uh, it, but if my calculations uh-huh. are correct, this episode is coming to you on November 11th, which of course in Canada is Remembrance Day. And there's no better way to honor those who made the ultimate sacrifice than by listening to your two favorite morons babble about music. Damn right. Uh, anyway, the subject of this episode is brought to you by request. Uh, my son, Aaron, who's 11 and a half, has become a big Nirvana fan. Really? He, yes. And he asked us to cover Smells Like Teen Spirit. And uh, how could we say no? I have to ask, how did this yeah. happen? Because so when Aaron was, you know, in, you know, age, let's say three mm-hmm. to eight, let's in yeah. that range, you would touch base with me and be like, it's amazing. Aaron is into and then you'd name the thing. wrestling uh van halen i don't know like you would name something to me that's pretty crazy and i'd be like you made him do that you're his dad yeah and you showed him that and he probably got into it which is cool yeah but i'm like that's because he does what his dad does yes now at 11 though is it you or did it happen somewhere else because i'm very curious it is not me i mean obviously i you know um I don't know. He felt he, him and his, him and the Cajun man son are, are, have like formed a band and they, you know, so he's, it's, I think it's the Cajun man via his son. Okay. Influencing Aaron about it. So, which makes, which tracks. Yeah. He's all about the, the, the grunge and the alternative rock from the nineties. So, um, yeah, he's just been, you know, we got the Spotify account and he just goes to town. So it's really, it's really his thing right now. And he's been taking guitar and drum lessons. So, it's been uh, it's been really good. Uh, we we chat about it all the time. Do you think like any, that what's that? Do you think that his, if his teachers knew, they'd be like disturbed? Oh no, that's that's trouble. No, no, he's done. A, he has a guitar class at school. Nice. And they had to do like a music poster, so he did Nirvana. Beautiful. So he was like, he's pretty into it. Um, like any good '90s music fan, he made sure to find a book with the tablature for Smells of Teen Spirit so we can play along. Uh-huh. Plus he also uh, bought a couple Nirvana t-shirts at Hot Topic in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Beautiful. Because uh, even though there isn't a uh, Hot Topic here in Winnipeg, it's still classic to have to go to the States to get the shirts you want. So so my background section is completely blank in my notes, but I will just ad lib. I mean, for me, Nirvana, a band that uh, I didn't, get into right away i mean they've been around since uh, bleach was released in 1989 um, on sub pop records but um it wasn't until probably about eight months after nevermind came out that i actually got it i mean i grew up you know in my early teens listening to a lot of hip-hop and rap yep and uh, then my buddies got into skateboarding and so you know all of a sudden it was gotta go get that suicidal tendencies tapes well you dressed like a rapper at school 
And then, and then, kind of overnight, you dressed like you were in fucking Nirvana. So, <laughs> well, I remember we used to have like the rayon shirts and the, <laughs> and the the slacks. We looked like Cuba Gooding Jr. in Boys in the Hood. <laughs> yeah, and um, like, and it was terrible. And I remember one day, I one one time we went to this dance, and I had jeans and a sweatshirt on, and my my friends called me a farmer. <laughs> yes. So I was ahead of the curve. A little bit, but yeah, it took a bit, but the summer of 92 was really kind of like the big, uh, awakening, uh, you know, you get the, the blood sugar, sex, magic CD and the, you get the suicide tendencies tapes and Nirvana, never mind, And then, you know, slowly kind of morphed into, uh, you know, get the Pearl jam and the temple, the dog in the fall. So, you know, I was a little late to the party, but, um, you know, Nirvana was like one of those big bands. And then you start looking back and trying to get the, you know, got to get bleach and you listen to that, which is very, very grunge. Like that's, what grunge was was like uh, the bleach album yeah. was very much that seattle sound whereas nevermind is a bit more of a populist record right like it's got it's got a sheen to it that's very palatable to like young teens it's got like you know when you're 14 like that's it's awesome yeah um so that summer was like a big you know that was that was the big thing was was uh nevermind and and you know just kind of immersed myself in it and uh you know from there just um you know, sought out what I could and, uh, you know, remained a fan. Never saw them live, obviously, because in 1994, Kurt Cobain committed suicide. And that was the end of that. Uh, of course, um, you know, uh, Dave Grohl, the drummer, not, you know, the, the last drummer of the band Nirvana, went on to start uh, the Foo Fighters and has enjoyed a long career as the front man there. Chris Novoselic, uh, the bassist, um, actually going on tour, I believe, with Pearl Jam. Oh, nice. Uh, coming up with his new band. So uh, good for them. Uh, kind of uh, looping back around. Just some quick stats here on Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, you know, it was recorded sometime between May 2nd and May 28th, 1991 at Sound City in Van Nuys, California. Beauty. Um, the song was written by Kurt Cobain, Chris Novoselic, and Dave Grohl. It was produced by Butch Vig. Uh, Andy Wallace did the mixing. Uh, when Cobain presented the songs to his bandmates, it comprised just the main guitar riff and the chorus vocal melody. Cobain said the riff was cliched, similar to a riff by Boston or the Richard Berry song, Louie Louie. Mm -hmm. uh, bassist Chris Novoselic dismissed this as ridiculous, dismissed the song as ridiculous. In response, Cobain made the band play it for an over an hour and a half. Eventually, Novoselic began playing it more slowly, inspiring Dave Grohl to create the drum beat, which drew from disco artists like the Gap Band. There actually is like a interview with Pharrell, I believe, that Dave Grohl does where he's like, I just ripped off like disco drummers. <laughs> he's a gap band and nice. all these bands. It was it was awesome. Um, and of course, late uh, you know, a couple of years ago, Foo Fighters did a bunch of disco songs. Yes. It's the only song on Nevermind to credit all three band members as writers. Mainly it was Cobain getting the chunk of the royalties. Uh, the title der derives from a phrase written on Cobain's wall by his friend Kathleen Hanna singer of the Riot girl band Bikini Kill, Kurt Smells Like Teen Spirit. Hannah meant that Cobain smelled like the deodorant teen spirit, which she and Toby Vale, Cobain's then-girlfriend, had discovered during a trip to the grocery store. Cobain said he was unaware of the deodorant until months after the single was released and had interpreted, interpreted it as a revolutionary slogan as they had been discussing anarchism and punk rock. I, I, I've but, heard that story a lot. Sarah, fan of the show, yes. is a big Bikini Kill fan. Nice. So we'll appreciate this uh, this fact. But I'm like, you didn't know what Teen Spirit was? Like, I knew what Teen Spirit was. I remember yeah. when this song came out and they said smells like Teen Spirit, I was like, oh, like the deodorant. <laughs> well, it's funny because I, I, I find it a bit plausible because he, Kurt Cobain was like a, was like a goblin. 
right? <laughs> yes, yes. I can see how he might not know. I mean, you know, Come As You Are, the book by Michael Azarad, which was written back in like 1992 or whatever, is like just, it's like the perfect biography of the band. And it just talks about, I mean, this guy had like no knowledge of anything that was going on yeah. in any kind of things. So, you know, I, I understand if he didn't. But, you know, you never know, right? And uh, yeah, so... Um, according to the Wiki, during the verses, uh, Cobain used a small clone effect pedal to add the chorus effect. Not coincidentally, the electroharmonic small clone is my chorus pedal of choice. Oh, nice. <laughs> I should have said coincidentally, but actually it is not coincidentally. I chose it exactly for that reason. Yes. The album version of the track runs 501. Well, the single version clocks in at 4 minutes and 38 seconds. Oh, my long. note on this was... A little long. Yeah, cut that down by 10 <laughs> seconds, guys. Come on, man. Uh, the album version of the... Uh, sorry, the song structure of Quiet Verse with wobbly chorus guitar followed by big, loud, hardcore-inspired choruses was inspired by the Pixies and would become essentially the alternative rock template. Smells Like Teen Spirit was released to radio on August 27th, 91. On September 10th, it was released as the lead single from Nevermind, uh, the major label debut on DGC Records. The single was intended to be a bass-building alternative rock cut from the album. It was not expected to be a hit. The follow-up, Come As You Are, was planned as the single that would cross over. However, campus and modern rock radio stations played Smells Like Teen Spirit on heavy rotation. Danny Goldberg of Nirvana's management from Gold Mountain said, None of us heard it as a crossover song, but the public heard it and it was instantaneous. They heard it on alternative radio and then they rushed out like lemmings to buy it. <laughs> lemmings. What a reference to your fans. Bunch of lemmings. Exactly. Um, but I do like the idea that, yeah, this was just supposed to be kind of a warm-up track because mm -hmm. it came out before the album, right? Yep. Uh, and yes, they just it hit, so good for them. It did, it did absolutely. Uh, looking at Discogs, there are 75 versions of the single. Uh, there's a seven inch version that features even in his youth on the B side, as do most of the CD and cassette singles. The UK seven inch has an album, has the album cut drain you on the flip side. while the 12 inch has drain you and even in his youth. Uh, the CD single has even in his youth and aneurysm, which is a song that would show up on the band's 92 B sides and rarities disc incesticide uh, aneurysm, a favorite of kid Tetris. Nice. Come on over, shoot the shit. Yes. Because of the deal with Geffen to get the band out of their contract, the band's former label Sub Pop got its logo slapped all over Nevermind in its singles. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, Sub Pop, uh, of course, the classic record label out of Seattle. Uh, the track has appeared... Uh, oh, sorry. I'm going to... Before I get to that, on most versions of the single, the cover has like a water-themed background with the giant Nirvana word mark above and a blurred-out photo of the band. So uh, depending on the size of the cover, if it was a tape or a CD or a vinyl uh, or, or the, the seven inch or 12 inch, uh, different size of photo. I do not yet own this one. There are numerous seven inch versions out there, but they're, you know, a little pricey, but I'm going to pick it up one day. The nice. U.S. version, which is on my want list, which was released by Geffen, mm -hmm. uh, clocks in at four minutes and 30 seconds. Well done, Geffen. So, yeah, well done. Cut it down. The track has appeared on numerous compilations. Here's some notable ones that I saw. There was a 1991 compilation called Tune Up Rock 71 that looks terrible. Uh-huh. It's got a Richie Sambora solo track. Oh, God. Early, early Blues Traveler. No. And a bunch of nobodies. Nope. Terrible. Uh, there's an MTV um, 1992 Video Music Awards promo CD that uh, is great because it includes humping around on it. Yes. As well as Let's Get Rocked by Def Leppard. Uh, there is a 1994 compilation called Metal Mania 
that inexplicably also features everything I do, I do it for you mm. by Brian Adams. So metal. <laughs> and there, I remember this one, a 2001 Universal Music Canada collection called Music of the Millennium. <laughs> there is a compilation from Israel. Okay. That I have to note, there's a couple of uh, versions of this, but on volume one, it's called <laughs> Hitman. <laughs> Uh, volume I one and Hitman Volume One has a uh, pretty decent looking track list. So there you go. Well done. Oh, it Hitman. includes just in case you were wondering, uh, Cream by Prince. So nice. Yeah, I did not. I wasn't going to reference Prince. So yeah. Well done. There are only a couple of Nirvana's greatest hits collections, uh, both which include the song. Obviously, it's also part of the uh, sing- the two singles box sets that they put out. As far as TV appearances you know, on shows and movies, we've got, uh, it was on a 1993 episode of Beavis and Butthead. There was the 1994 video documentary Nirvana Live Tonight Sold Out, which I owned on VHS and was awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, the 1996 documentary Hype, a 2009 episode of the show Ruby and the Rockets. Okay. Uh, the 2013 documentary Sound City, which was about the, um, the, uh, the recording studio. We've got a 2013 episode of the show Divorce. The 2015 documentary Cobain Montage of Heck. The 2015 film Pan. Oh, no. And a number of episodes of the show atop the fourth wall. One thing that I just remembered that I didn't include in anywhere is that it was also interpolated in a scene in Moulin Rouge, the movie. Uh Uh-huh. As far as video games go, there is one, the 2009 game Guitar Hero 5. Beauty. Yep. Live versions, uh, the first time it was played live was on April 17th, 91 at the OK Hotel in Seattle. It is featured on a, uh, on the set of a number of live albums, including From the Bunny Bag to the Wishka, Live at Reading, and Live at the Paramount. Smells Teen Spirit was used as the entrance theme for by ECW wrestler Raven. Yes. Also AAA Silver King, and uh, even by Jam Up Guy L Dandy. Oh, yes. And... Uh, do not be confused with uh, how close it sounds to Diamond Dallas Page's theme from WCW. Is it called which is self, basically a ripoff? Of self it. high five. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Worst. Uh, finally, uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit le- leads off the second mix that I ever made from April slash May 1992. The mix is a, basically comprised of Nirvana, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and Suicidal Tendencies tracks. It is a bad mix, well, but it has a lot of good songs. You were learning it. back then. You're just a little guy. I was just a little tyke. We want to talk about lyrics. Here we go. So according to the Wiki, the lyrics to Smells Like Teen Spirit were often difficult for listeners to decipher, mm-hmm. both due to their nonsensicality and because of Cobain's slurred guttural singing. The problem was compounded by the fact that Nevermind album notes did not include any lyrics. This uncomprehensibility contributed to the early resistance from radio stations towards adding songs to their playlists. One Geffen promoter recalled that people from rock radio told her, we can't play this. I can't understand what the guy is saying. <laughs> yes. MTV went as far as to prepare a version of the video that included the lyrics running across the bottom Fuck. of the screen. You know, fucking boomers, man. Like, just ridiculous, man. Yeah. I, 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 I can't even. Uh, teen Spirit, the stories behind every Nirvana song, describes Smells Like Teen Spirit as a typically murky Cobain exploration of meaning and meaninglessness. Sure. Uh, in Michael Azarad's biography, Come As You Are, Cobain said he felt the duty to describe what I felt about my surroundings and my generation and people at my age. He also said the entire song is made up of contradictory ideas. It's just making fun of the thought of having a revolution, but it's a nice thought. Uh-huh. Uh, as Cobain did more interviews, he changed his explanation of the song and rarely gave specifics about the meaning. He said he wrote the song because he was feeling disgusted with my generation's apathy and with my own apathy and spinelessness. 
The feeling of this, this feeling of detachment is what led to lyrics like, oh, well, whatever, never mind. Chris Novoselic added, Kurt really despised the mainstream. That's what Smells of Teen Spirit was all about. The mass mentality of conformity. And of course, it becomes a giant hit. Of so. course. Uh, my favorite lyric is, oh, well, whatever, never mind. Um, I think oh, it's great absolutely. that they took that and made it the title of the album. And, I always like that. Yeah. And I, I just like it. It kind of describes the whole set of lyrics, which is just like, fuck it. Like, exactly. You know, I, I feel like he actually didn't think too hard about no, the lyrics. Absolutely not. Yeah. And he's like, ah, whatever. Never mind. It, yeah, it works, though. It's great. That's Dave Grohl stated he does not believe the song has any message and said, just seeing Kurt write the lyrics to a song five minutes before he first sings them, you just kind of find it a little hard to believe that the song has a lot to say about something. You need syllables to fill up this space or you need something that rhymes. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, I definitely at one point thought that the line, a mosquito, was actually, I'm a skater. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Uh -huh. um, this is when I was 14. I was an idiot. Of course you were. <laughs> there are lots of hellos and howlos and den and uh, denials. It's actually one of my least favorite Nirvana songs when it comes to lyrics. Mm -hmm. So um, let's see what people have to say on our favorite websites, shall we? Oh, please. So over on Song Facts, um, Dennis from Norway said, Kurt Cobain didn't learn things that fast as other kids in class, and he had problems with his homework. So then his teacher decided to let him skip some of the class and help the janitor instead. The other, the others in the class didn't think that was any co very cool and started to bully him. In the music video, you can see a janitor is happy and dancing with his mop. That is Cobain's way to say, "Ha ha, I succeeded as well." Okay. I just love poor little guy. <laughs> uh -huh. uh, Blood Axe from Lincoln, Nebraska said, "For those asking why Kurt screams a denial at the end of the song, he's declaring his denial that he could have AIDS." And it's having free and easy <laughs> sex without caring about the possible consequences. What? Millions of teenagers do it every day. Kurt was tuned into that. Uh, it was tuned into that. A denial. Denial means no way. I don't have any disease. Let's make love. Fuck. <laughs> Which he translated to the carefree days of sex before everyone, including the condom industry, pushed wearing condoms. What? Uh huh. <laughs> Thank you, blood axe. Okay. <laughs> Big condom. <laughs> You gotta lash out against I, them. What in the fuck? All right. Now the thing over over on song facts, there actually is a real expert. Ter Tommy Nix from Philadelphia had to this to say: "I partied with Kurt when he came to my town and scored for this his road guy and probably him, although I didn't see him do it." You're all wrong. He told me what it's a, that it's what it's about. It's about his own in his own weird antisocial way. He was a sharp guy but not super social. It's about the angst of himself and his perception of his generation. The conspiracies on here are laughable. Oh, fuck. This guy partied with Kurt Cobain. He knows what it's all about. Uh huh. Thanks, Tommy Nix. Thanks, buddy. How about we take a look quickly at song meanings? Oh, <laughs> yes, the fucking gold mine. Let's do it. There are um, 1,381 comments. Um, <laughs> it's an incredible slog, and most of the comments read like they were written by our pal Mistopheles yep. while sitting in front of a dumpster. So let's see if we can find any funny ones. Nirvana Chick said, I think this song is about teenage rebellion against authority. I mean, look at the video with the cheerleaders and the anarchy symbol. Anarchy rules. Wow, okay. Right? A urethane underscore demon said, memo to self, song to be played at funeral. Okay. I <laughs> mean, sure. Yep. Um, Nirvana 8989 said, I read somewhere that this song is about the apathy of teens. <laughs> and <laughs> one, per <laughs> yep. one perfect day wrote, I'm not going to read all the comments to see if anyone else has written this, but I remember reading in an autobiography that Kurt Cobain said that teen spirit was actually an antiperspirant deodorant. Good song. <laughs> Thanks, Thank buddy. You. On perfect day. 
And uh, that's it for the experts on the internet. Let's go to reception. All right. Smells like Teen Spirit entered the Billboard Hot 100 on December 7th, 1991 at number 40. Oh. Uh, between DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince's Ring My Bell. Oh, nice. And Color Me Bad's I Adore Me Amore. Oh, know both those songs. Great. Exactly. There you go. I mean, 40, another, another high debut. It peaked at number six on January 11th, 1992. You know what I did? What did you do? Tell I me. I tracked down the top 10 on Billboard when, when uh, Smells of Teen Spirit peaked at number six. Would you like to hear it? You did some serious mining for data. I did. I guess I we're going to have to hear it. Please. All right. So, um, first of all, actually, you know, I want to give you a quick quiz, and I want to see if you can answer that. There is an artist in the top 10 on January 11th, 1992, that has two songs on it. Two songs in the top 10. Really? Any idea who that might be? One guess. It, what, what's, the, what's the week? January 11th, 1992. It is, it is a hip-hop artist. Is it... What the hell? Is it Hammer? It is Hammer. It's Hammer! Number one, Michael Jackson, Black or White. Number two, Color Me Bad, All for Love. Couple, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I adore Mia Moore and All for Love, kicking it around the charts. Mariah Carey at number three with Can't Let Go. Number four, Boys to Boys to Men. It's hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Number five, Too Legit to Quit by MC Hammer. Jesus Christ. Smells like Teen Spirit. Number seven, Adam's Groove by MC Hammer. Oh, fuck me. No, thanks. <laughs> At number eight, George Michael Elton John, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me. Number nine, CeCe Peniston with Finally. And at number 10, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch with Wild Side. Like, unbelievable how that song stands out on that list. It's crazy. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <sighs> Smells Like Teen Spirit also hit number one on the Alternative Airplay chart, number seven on the Mainstream Rock chart, and number 14 on the U.S. Dance Club Songs chart. <laughs> of course. Hey, <laughs> in 1992... In high school, there was a, there was a Halloween dance. You know about this? A hoot nanny. It was a hoot nanny, and we did a thing where it was like we took a vote if people wanted to hear "Smells Like Teen Spirit" or "Jump Around," uh-huh. and in the end, we played them both because they are both bops. Nice. Uh, internationally, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" reached the top twenty in top ten in twenty different countries, including number one in Belgium, France, New Zealand, and Spain. In the UK, it hit number seven on December seventh, nineteen ninety one. You know, I did some more work. Would you like to hear the top 10 in the UK that week? I mean, if you did the work, I mean, we're going to have to just hear it. So some of these, I got to say, I have no idea. So okay. number one, George Michael Elton John. Don't let the sun go down on me. Black or white at number two. Something by Eastside Beat called Ride Like the Wind is at number three. At number four, Diana Ross. Uh-huh. When you tell me that you love me. Number five, I recognize this one. The KLF featuring Tammy Wynette with Justified and Ancient. Then at number six, something called... Altern 8 with a song called Active 8. Interesting. All right. Smells like Spirit at number 7. At number 8, Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff with Dizzy. Uh, <laughs> favorite of yours, James, with the song Sound at number 9. Okay. And Bizarre Inc. at number 10 with Playing with Knives. Yeah. I, these, I don't even know. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but <laughs> cool. In Canada, Smells Like Teen Spirit peaked at number nine on the RPM 100 on February 22nd, 1992. And could could you could you guess that I that I found the top ten for that week? I I unbelievable that you did that. What amazing work! Please share. All right, so uh, like the UK, George Michael and Elton John at number one. We've got Brian Adams will the, with There Will Never Be Another Tonight at number two. God awful. <laughs> um, at number three, No Regrets by Tom Cochran. At number four, oh, 
Right Said Fred with I'm Too Sexy. Wow. Go Canada. Um, number five, U2 with Mysterious Ways. At number six, hey, look, everybody. It's Prince of the New Power Generation with Diamonds and Pearls. Beautiful. You ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> yes. At number seven, hey, look, it's Genesis. I can't dance. Wow. Okay, Canada. Mr. Big to be with you at number eight. Smells like Teen Spirit at number nine. At number 10, Amy Grant with Good For Me. Not a great top ten. No. Uh, the song has been certified eight times platinum in Canada, three times platinum in the UK, and platinum in the US. Never mind was never mind the album was certified gold and platinum by the RIAA uh, in ninety one in March nineteen ninety nine it was certified diamond it's, it's certified diamond in Canada six times platinum in the United Kingdom it's gone on to sell more than thirty million copies worldwide making it one of the best selling albums of all time of course uh, and on the back of Smells Like Teen Spirit really that's what kicked it off on Spotify Smells Like Teen Spirit has one point four billion streams amazing. The music video has almost 1.6 billion views. Uh-huh. Um, in 1991, Smells of Teen Spirit won the Enemy Award for Best Single. At the 1992 MTV Video Music Awards, it won Best New Artist in a Video and Best Alternative Video, while also being nominated for Video of the Year and Viewer's Choice. And in 1993, the song was nominated for the Best Hard Rock Performance and Best Rock Song Grammys. Should we go on to covers and samples? Oh, yeah, let's do it. A lot of samples and a lot of covers. Uh, there is 125 cover versions listed on whosampled.com. Uh, some of the notable ones, there was the uh, 1992 cover by Tori Amos. Uh, Amos, it's not that great. Uh, Dave Grohl made fun of it back in back in the day. <laughs> yes. It's just a piano. It's not very good. There is a 1996 Moog cookbook version, which is swanky. Okay. You would love it. Moog style. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Anka did one of those awful, like, covers that those guys do you know in 2005 like loungy that's terrible uh there is a version from the soundtrack of the 2011 muppet movie that sucks hard (laughs) Uh, in the movie uh unwilling special guest jack black accuses them of ruining one of the greatest songs of all time and he was not wrong Uh um weird al parodied the song in 1992 with smells like nirvana a song about nirvana itself yeah a song about yeah a song about the lyrics the nonsensical lyrics yeah so Uh, yeah, the, the perfect song to parody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cobain quickly gave permission, but asked, it's not about food, is it? Yes. Yankovic answered, no, it's about how nobody can understand your lyrics. Upon hearing the parody, Cobain and his bandmates uh, laughed hysterically. Yankovic has said, Cobain told him he realized that Nirvana had made it when he heard the parody. So, yes. Good on Weird Al. Uh, the song's pretty good. You know, for a, you know, I'm not a huge Weird Al fan, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good... Uh, it's a good parody. Agreed. Probably because it has no no food in it. Like, you get sick of the food, you know? Uh, <laughs> there's so many more. Uh, most I've heard are fine, but the novelty ones are particularly bad. Who Sampled actually lists 106 songs that have sampled Smells of Teen Spirit. Jeez. Um, I'm only going to talk about one. Uh, there, uh, You'll know this one. Uh, Serial Thriller by The Prodigy. Yes. Fun fact. Use it as, as an entrance theme by the legendary backyard wrestler Lucho King Donovan Sash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. Uh, we've also got samples of Smells Like Teen Spirit and songs by Jay-Z, The Lonely Island, rapper Paris, and Tony, Tony, Tony. Beautiful. Let's go to the video. All right. Uh, the music video for Smells Like Teen Spirit was the first for director Samuel Bayer. Bayer believed he was hired because his test reel was so poor that the band anticipated that his product production would be punk and not corporate. Uh-huh. 
<laughs> nice. Uh, the video is based on the concept of a school concert, which ends, which ends in anarchy and a riot, inspired by Jonathan Kaplan's 1979 film Over the Edge and the Ramones film Rock and Roll High School. Cool. Uh, the video was filmed on August 17, 1991 in Culver City. Uh, the music video features Nirvana playing at a pep rally in the high school gym to an audience of apathetic students on bleachers and cheerleaders wearing black dresses with the anarchist symbol on them. The video features an appearance by Burton C. Bell, later known as the frontman of heavy metal band Fear Factory. Uh, occasionally, the scene cuts to a janitor wearing a navy blue jumpsuit and dancing with a push broom handle. The video ends with the students destroying the set and the band's gear. The discontent was genuine. The extras that filled the bleachers had been forced to stay seated through numerous replays of the song for an entire afternoon. Cobain convinced Bear to allow the extras to mosh, and the set became a scene of chaos. Once the kids came out dancing and they said, fuck you, because they were so tired of this shit throughout the day, Cobain said. Cobain disliked Bayer's final edit, oversaw a re-edit, uh, which resulted in the final version. His major addition was the uh, close-up of his face uh, at the end after it was been obscured for most of the video, which was perfect. Bayer said that unlike subsequent artists he worked with, Cobain was not vain and was more interested that the video had something that was truly about what they were about. So, um, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. It's a performance clip, essentially, with some rioting and lots of kids going crazy. Yes, of what course. Your thoughts? Um, I will rate it. Let's go to the ratings. Uh, so I'm going to give the video a nine. Nice. At the time, I didn't think much of it. I was like, what is this crap? I was totally <laughs> like a 12-year-old boomer or 13-year-old boomer. I'm like, where is music going? My goodness. I, like, I can't dance. Yeah, I'm like, well, this isn't pop. What's the, where's the production value? But, of course, it's iconic music video, and you'll never forget it. I, I never, ever forget watching much music, and, and right before that guitar kicks in, like, you just see them setting up, and you know. Yes. Like, I, I can, it brings me back. Like, I can hear it, and I can remember that time yes. where that Absolutely. video comes on. Obviously, it's the launch of a kind of a new era of music. Yep. Quite frankly, it's, it is the starting point, and it's something that's completely different, and it has lasting power. Again, like rock and roll, like rap music, people were like, this won't last, and it's, and, influenced, yeah. it's influenced music um, forever. So... There you go. Uh, yeah, give it a nine. Great video. It's uh, basically a performance clip, but it shows exactly who the band is. Uh, so a perfect representation of the music uh, and the, the musical movement that was going on in that Seattle scene. Uh, the burnt out high school motif is spot on. Focusing on the audience members as an integral part of the video is so well done. I'm giving it an eight out of ten. Nice. What did you think of the song? So I'm going to give the song a six. All right. Uh, kind of similar to what you were saying earlier. It's not my favorite Nirvana song. And again, I am not their Nirvana fan that you are. Hmm. You know, I know, obviously, I mean, there's only three albums. So it's not hard to get through kind of the catalog. But then, you know, B-sides and rarities and all that stuff. You know, I don't know anything. It's just all the stuff that everybody knows. Hmm. And so across all of the singles and kind of bigger tracks, there are plenty of others that I enjoy more. I mean, I think it's fine, but... It's, uh, it's just, I don't know. It just, it's going to be weird, obviously, because I'm the opposite of a lot of the world, <laughs> but I just think if, if I was to introduce somebody to Nirvana, I would choose a few other songs before this one, though I would make it clear. This is the one that launched it. So exactly. Uh, yeah. There you go. There, six. Yeah. I mean, like there are many other Nirvana songs. I enjoy more than this. Uh, I find it a bit derivative. <laughs> 
it's got that it's got that more than a feeling hook right uh, at the time it was huge and when the preverse quiet part comes in man it takes me right back to 1992 uh, the guitar simple solo is so simple and lovely and dave Grohl's drumming is very very tasty but i'm giving it a seven all right i, I like it a lot but i don't love it love it so um you know uh, there's just other Nirvana songs I like a lot more, but I don't deny it's uh, it's uh, it's place in rock history. So there you have it. And I have to say one more thing. I very much appreciate the Pixies vibe that they're going with. The quiet and the loud. Yes. Fantastic. Fantastic. Nirvana, many, many amazing, great influences. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like this, sure. You go I mean, through we'll the song. We'll talk about the Pixies someday when we talk lesser known hits. Yeah, you go through the songs that these guys were listening to and you were like, these yep. guys in reality were fucking cool. <laughs> So. Checking boxes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we have anything lined oh, up we for, do. Uh, next Tuesday. Yeah, by request by my former boss, Heidi. Oh. We're going to do Something About You by Level 42. Nice. So, yeah, hang on for that. It's going to be a good one. And uh, if you want to reach out, I mean, Heidi just reached out to me because, you know, I'm such yeah. a good employee that my boss, my former boss still likes me. So, duh. Yeah. But if you uh, can't reach out to me directly, then reach out to us at superhitspodcast at gmail.com or at superhitscast on Twitter at superhitspodcast on Instagram. And you can reach me on social medias at slip with five eyes or slip, but please just go to the superhits ones. <laughs> I'm JBC, aka megamix.com. Uh, my son Aaron, uh, this is his favorite Nirvana song. Um, shout out to him. He'd probably give it a 10 out of 10. Um, and thanks to Aaron for uh, requesting this. Uh, we had a good time and uh, thanks for listening, friends. Yeah, thanks, buddy. And now I know what to get you for Christmas. So good yes. news. Bye. Bye.